Good morning, York Alliance. It is Tuesday, uh, October 17th already. Uh, this is Pastor Asa. I'm stepping in for Pastor Brian while he is away with his uh, family on vacation for a couple of weeks. I'm grateful that he gets the, the chance to unplug and they all get to refresh themselves just with each other as family. I think that's so important. It's important for all of us to take some time to, to unplug from the daily flow of life that can be such a hurry and so hectic sometimes uh, to find that that space where you can just literally be for a little bit instead of having to just do everything that needs to get done. So be praying for them to to feel that rest and relaxation before they before they come on back and step back into things. So we've been talking through this uh, practice series called Preaching the Gospel and the last couple of weeks have been uh, priming the pump, so to speak. And, you know, what is the gospel? What is not the gospel? I, I really appreciated uh, those, uh, that, that kind of starting point that Pastor Brian uh, went from. If you've not listened to them, definitely head back and give them a, give them a listen uh, on the website or YouTube. And uh, that would be, would be great just to get this primer for what it means to preach the gospel. Because if you don't know what the gospel is or perhaps... Uh, incomplete versions of the gospel, then we don't want to accidentally preach something that's uh, incorrect or, or incomplete or something like that. So I'm grateful for that. So as we move forward with this series, it's going to get a little more, uh, I'll say, practical or, or ways in which you can uh, think through and actually live out this preaching the gospel call, which is a call to all believers. It's not for uh, believers 2.0 in Jesus. It's not like you uh, it's a very common way of thinking that I've heard so many times and I've even uh, have said myself in years gone by or have been tempted to think that you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to become a follower of Jesus and then once I mature to some certain level, which is not really described anywhere, then I'll preach the gospel. And so uh, that's not true. Uh, part, part of uh, following Jesus is, and doing what he did is he preached the gospel. And so well, we're going to look at some ways in which uh, you know, he's done that and how he did that and apply them to, to the way that we follow Jesus. So the first one that we looked at this week was hospitality. And uh, talked about how hospitality, what it is and what it isn't. And really hospitality is just a way of preaching the gospel. The main idea is that it, it does really two things. When you, when you are hospitable to someone, truly biblically hospitable, you, one, enact this welcome of God. The, God. the welcome that God shows you, that he brought you near, he made you belong, he gave you a space to be, is something that you can tangibly show to other people. So just the very act of the hospitality can, can uh, reflect God's love towards us. But it also provides a really natural, uh, just really good environment uh, with which you can swap stories. You can hear their stories of, of other people. You can share your life story and you can make connections and inroads to how both of, both of your stories uh, relate to God's big story. And so really it's a great way to preach the gospel. Uh, so on Sunday, if you, were, if you were there, I mentioned that, you know, we had two passages we read and looked at. It was Luke chapter 7 with the sinful woman who anointed Jesus' feet and Luke chapter 19, which was the account of Zacchaeus. 
I spent most of the time, most of the examples came from Luke chapter 7. So I wanted to give a little more airtime to Zacchaeus, uh, the wee little man named Zacchaeus in Luke chapter 19. I I can never say his name and not think of that song. If you grew up in like church type culture, you may have sung the uh, Zacchaeus song of uh, being a wee little man and a wee little man was he. Uh, so it's, it's hard to not smile uh, and giggle a little bit when I, <laughs> when I read this passage. Um, but in any case, I want to focus in on, th- on this passage and how it really follows the same kind of idea that we looked at on Sunday. And specifically, I want to look at verses 5 through 10 of Matthew, I'm sorry, Luke chapter uh, 19, uh, Jesus' interaction with uh, Zacchaeus, and then how that leads to hospitality and, and what that is like. So in verses 5 and 10, you 5 and 10 are sort of like parallel verses. And you have verses 6 and 9, which are kind of like parallel verses as well. And then you have verse 8 in the middle. I want to bring some attention to that. So in verse 5, uh, it talks about how Jesus comes, is walking by the place. He looked up and then he, he said, Zacchaeus, hurry down. I must come to your house today. And how that parallels verse 10, how it says, The Son of Man came to seek and save the lost. We don't maybe put those thoughts together all the time. We, we've heard maybe uh, if you've been around church for a while, yeah, Jesus came to seek and save the lost. And one of the, way he de- one of the ways he did that was essentially inviting himself over to a notorious sinner's house. <laughs> but this all, it's all parallel. These are all the same things. Jesus, this is how Jesus seeks and saves us. Is that it's, in this case, it was through hospitality. And then you see in verses uh, 6 and 9, you see Zacchaeus' response his response, I'll call of faith. Uh, you know, Zacchaeus in verse 6 hurried down and received uh, Jesus joyfully. And then in verse 9, uh, Jesus said, Today salvation has come to this house, since he is also a son of Abraham. This, this is, these are representations and ways of talking about Zacchaeus responding to Jesus in faith. Him receiving him joyfully, of course, was like, Yes, I will take you. Yes, I trust that you are going to be kind to me. I trust that you're not going to ridicule me. I trust you to, to be kind. And in verse 9, this idea of being a son of Abraham, elsewhere a son or a daughter of Abraham, what that, uh, ha- what that has along with it is this idea of faith. It's not just that you are an ethnic son of Abraham, you know, Jewish in that case. Uh, it's, well, you see both Jesus talking about this and Paul talking about this, and is that Um, The sons of Abraham are the ones that have faith, the faith, the same faith that Abraham had. Uh, So uh, that's that's where it says he's a son of Abraham. It's not that he earned his salvation by, you know, having this generous impulse. It's that he trusted Jesus. He had his faith was put into Jesus's call to be with him. And he responded in faith. And then as a result of that, you have verse 8. And there really isn't any parallel verse for it in this conversation. It just says, Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, I'm going to give half my goods to the poor. And if I have defrauded someone, I'm going to give, you know, I'm going to restore it to them fourfold. And so it's this faith that resulted in action. And that's really the call of being a disciple. That's, that's uh, not just to receive Jesus, not just to pray a prayer. Uh, it's to... Uh, receive Jesus joyfully, and sometimes the Bible calls it produce fruit. I'm going to do something that Jesus calls me to do. Now, Jesus hadn't actually asked anything of Zacchaeus at this point. Um, 
but there was this there was this understanding, and perhaps Zacchaeus maybe heard about some of Jesus' teachings or perhaps something like that, but when he felt the love of Jesus and received it, he was then compelled to make the volitional, intentional choice to do something about it, to, to, to love others. You know, it wasn't like Jesus came over and they had lunch and they discussed logistics of what it would look like to follow Jesus. And then Zacchaeus was like, well, I'll get back to you in a couple of weeks or maybe a couple of years when I become like, you know, disciple 2.0. No, that didn't happen. It was, it was all the good news is that Jesus came to you first. He rescued you, you and you can receive him by doing nothing on your own. You can be invited into Jesus's family by faith alone. And that changes your life. And you have been freed from the power of sin so that you can now make this choice, this volitional, intentional choice to follow after Jesus, to become like him and do the things that he did. And so that's a, a showing, maybe a plug for what uh, the gospel is and, and how we describe it here. Uh, but then to look at it, how it, it relates to hospitality, I want you to think about this. So Zacchaeus is a chief tax collector notorious, unliked, seen as a traitor to his people, just bad mojo. <laughs> Things are, are not good there. But you see how Jesus invited himself over to his house. I, I'm going to assume that his house was perhaps like a safe place for him, where he could get away from the ridicule, away from the, the dirty looks and whatever else from people. And so he took a risk of inviting this Jesus over, trusting him to show him love and, and inviting him in to a safe place. And that's exactly what Jesus did. Jesus knew this as well. Jesus wasn't stupid. He understood the cultural norms of the day. And he says, look, I'm going to break your paradigm of shame. I'm going to love you right where you are. Like, you don't have to change for me to love you. I'm going to pursue you in your lostness. And that, I think, is really a good template for us for hospitality. It's like, I'm not going to just invite people who I like, people who are nice, people who are socially acceptable or good, upstanding citizens. I'm going to go to whoever Jesus puts on my path, and I'm going to seek to welcome them. I'm going to create a space, like we said on Sunday. I'm going to open a space up to welcome you into, where you can feel safe and valued and dignified just for being a human, for being who you are. And then... In that, then we're going to share stories and so forth. So Jesus gives us, just like he gave Zacchaeus, a template for hospitality, a way that we can enter into other people's lives and maybe break their paradigm a little bit of feeling unloved or feeling ashamed or feeling beat down by life, where we can create a space where they can feel honored and dignified and heard and seen and so that we can also show them how they too can, can have a place in God's big story. So I would challenge you to take some time to think about that and how that could integrate into your daily life and your daily rhythms uh, where you uh, work, live, and play, and so forth. Um, so as you go on with the day, I pray that you would receive the love with which God first loved you. And as a disciple of Jesus, be ready to demonstrate that love and that welcome to other people. Have a great day.